Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is hotelier and former Donegal senior football team manager, Brian McEniff. After two years at Catering College in Dublin, he spent four years in Canada before returning to manage the family-run Holyrood Hotel. Brian began by recalling how he ended up as a student in the capital in 1960 after finishing his second-level studies at St. McCartan's College in Monaghan. Well, I was the youngest of the four boys and my eldest brother, Sean, had gone out on his own in business. And uh, my second brother Liam is a doctor and Pat was a dentist and my sister Mary was a teacher. So being the youngest of the boys, um, I was sent more or less to the hotel school in Dublin. More interested in doing maybe accountancy or law or something like that there. There was no career guidance when I was at school in Monaghan. So I wasn't too sure, but my uncle the priest, my mother persuaded me that was the road I should go. And down that road I went in September 1960. And... Um, after a couple of years there, I uh, applied to uh, the Southern Hotel Group and Paddy Fitzpatrick, who had a fine hotel down at Wexford. There was 150 for Paddy Fitzpatrick for a week and £2 for uh, the Southern Hotel Group. So I took a boat and I went to Canada for a winter. Well, for more than a winter because I arrived to play Championship Football there in 62. And uh, it was a big experience. It was only 19 gone because it was only a two-year course with Cahalbury Street at the time and I thought I would be back for the following summer. summer but I went in a different route. I uh, enjoyed the city of Toronto when I arrived. I played hurling and I played football and I played a certain amount of semi-professional soccer. Anything, anything time there was a ball hop and I was there. And I got wealth of experience. I worked two two jobs for a long period of time. I worked in the fabulous Royal York Hotel in the centre of Toronto and I worked with the North American Life Insurance where I'd done exams because I couldn't very well tell them that I couldn't do the exams because I'd already interviewed. But um, uh, it was it was a great experience. And tell me, Brian, had you any connections out there before you, before you headed to Canada? Uh, well, there was an Anderson family in Ballyshand at a supermarket, and Bobby, uh, the younger boy, uh, well, he wasn't boy, he was a man, uh, had decided to go to Canada and had got married over there. His wife was a nurse, and uh, he had another brother, Alfie, great character, selling spotters to my mother and giving a lot of that buck. And when I told him I was going to Toronto, he put me in touch with Bobby, and Bobby met me off the train at Toronto, which had come from Montreal, where we docked with the ship went out for a six and a half day of sailing which was fantastic in its own way and uh, Bobby met us there and uh, stayed two nights with him and he took a day off and he took us downtown and he, I seen the, the Royal York as I got out from the train station because it's opposite the railway station and Bobby says she'll definitely get a job there so in the following day and we got started uh, it was a Wednesday, and uh, we were starting on Thursday in the afternoon. What were you doing? I was working in the kitchen. There was the way you were directed by the hotel people to go and learn what was happening in the kitchen. So that's where I went into the kitchen, and I gave up a good shift. And I gave up a chance of working at reception because the lad I went out with was, was nurse like, and he would not 
when he saw the size of the hotel, he would not work unless I was working the same shift. So I gave up a good shift to go work with him as well. So it was great. And the ironic thing, before I, I, I got started on that Thursday afternoon, we got paid for the two days, Thursday and Friday, and he opened a bank account. <laughs> and... Uh, that uh, later on that afternoon, having secured the job, we found ourselves a flat. It wasn't an apartment then, we got a flat because, uh, well, two young lads. And uh, that's where I started, and I started at the Royal York. And then as uh, the, the year went on, I, I felt I had more in my tank, so I took the job in the insurance company. But I couldn't tell them in the insurance company I was working in the hotel, and they were only just across the road. But I, I'd done exams in life office management and insurance. <laughs> And tell me, Brad, what, what sort of money would you have been earning uh, with those jobs? It was probably getting up somewhere about $60 a week in two jobs, which when you put them together was quite a good salary. But relative to the lads working in construction, they, be, they would be getting 80 90 for a 40-hour week. But I wasn't made for construction, I don't think, you know. And anyway, I wanted the experience in the kitchen. So tell me, when did you make the decision to come back, or why did you come back? Well, all of a sudden, you know, I didn't intend to stay for that long, but uh, I was contacted by people in New York in 62 and before I knew it I was in a flight down to play for Cavan in New York Donegal at that time had no no team in New York and it was people uh, with Bundoran connection with Gary Gills and uh, uh, it would be they that would have directed me down to New York and to, to, to Cavan and, and uh, it was exciting times to take a flight by a propeller that was the first time I was ever on a plane and fly into New York and, and play down there. And I remember playing terribly well the first day. We played Mio and I got five points. It was a wing half forward at that stage. And uh, it was exciting times. And then I had the two jobs and I was making a bit of money. And the football at Toronto wasn't too bad because the first year in 62, we won uh, this championship. Now, there's only the four clubs there. And I won a hurling medal that year. And the reason I won a hurling medal was two lads from Cork would play football, dual players, as long as I would hurl and was 13 aside, and that suited me well enough because I could manage to contain myself fairly well. I had a good strike of a hurling ball. And uh, then that particular year later on at the AGM in October, I got the job as secretary and player manager and captain and whatever that went with it because I was a willing horse to do the work. And um, the football blossomed from there, and I kept going to New York at whatever stages I was asked down, which wasn't that often that New York Championship. I never understood how it was run, and it was only when I went out again in 1974 with the New York team, I actually played in a New York Championship final for Kerry. But at that stage, I didn't know I was only going down. It was, it was fun. And had you a plan uh, in relation to how long you were going to stay away, Brian, or what, what made you come back in the end up? I was shied away from America because I didn't want to join the army. And uh, at, at another stage, I was under pressure for the people in New York maybe to come down and play. But I got the visa out and I got ready to go. But then I had this inclination I'd like to go to California. And between the jigs and the reeds, I went nowhere. I stayed in Toronto. And I realized that I could buy a house instead of going to... I was going to move from a flat to an apartment. And the service, the loan of the apartment... I could really have paid a mortgage because Brendan McHugh, the late Brendan McHugh, whom I went to boarding school with and a very close friend of mine, was in England carrying timber 
when I was in contact with him the first Christmas of 62, and we got him to come out. So he moved in. So between myself and John Rooney and Brendan McHugh, we serviced the mortgage very handy, and we had a house to go with it as well. So coming back to Ireland and coming back to Bundorn, how much had changed by the time you came back again? Greatly, because my mother and father done a sizable job on the Holyrood Hotel in 62, 63, and uh, I was quite amazed at how good the work had been done. Second of all, when I came home, I came home for holiday in 65. I got playing with this great Joseph's team, which I'd read about in the Democrat from time to time. And uh, I actually got a game for Donegal against Longford, who were quite a useful team. And Hugh Daly were having a cup of tea before the match. And Hugh Daly asked me, had I a pair of boots? Well, of course, I always had a pair of boots. He says we're very short. They were after being beaten by Antrim in the third match against Cavan. So I got playing up there and I was lucky enough I scored a goal in three. And uh, just things were good and met the family. And I knew that at that stage I was going to come back. So I said I would come back for the summer of 66. But lo and behold, I was only back a short period of time and he took a stroke. And I'd, after getting things tidied up, I came back home. And I, I never looked back because he, at that stage, wasn't quite the same man after the stroke. So I stayed at home there in 66. I was lucky enough to get into the Ronegal panel. And uh, unfortunately, I lost my place after the first match in the Senior Championship. Haven't played well in the Junior Championship. Didn't play well in Breffney that day. Leighton Murray, he gave me a pain in the head. I converted into a wing half back at that stage, so... I didn't get into the team against Fermanagh in the Ulster semi-final, which was a pity because we we hammered Fermanagh as we did Cavan. But I came, out, came on as a sub-late in the Ulster final against Down in 66. And I can remember things about the 66 Ulster final. It was the day after England won the World Cup. I didn't get up with the boys on the Sunday because we were very busy here in the hotel. And... Uh, I was late getting into the game. It was a horrid game. It was the first game televised in Ulster Oster final. And I think the score was 8-6. And I remember coming outside and Cecil King Jr. was outside with an old banger of a Mercedes and his girlfriend later to be his wife. And I said, Cecil, where are you going? He says, I'm going straight home after that performance. He says, I have any chance of a lift. I got into the back seat and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, he was just coming into Ballyshannon. He says, I'll drive you home. And I arrived in the kitchen to my mother. She couldn't believe I, <laughs> I had come from Belfast in such a short space of time. Even playing in county finals or semi-finals, when the match was over, I came back to work on the Hollywood that night. So how difficult, Brian, was it to, to sort of juggle uh, full-time football, playing first, then player-manager, then manager, uh, with running an hotel? Well, I, you know, in the early stages we just had the Holyrood and it was a tight operation. It was quite seasonal those years and I had a very good wife and a very good mother and they gave me the time and the energy. Although come the early part of 67, my dad took me into Pat Britt, the solicitor in Ballyshannon, whom he had set up. I have a great letter of which I'll come to later on. And Pat Britton, a big tall man, gave me a lecture about my responsibilities with my father not having good health and me having some small children that I couldn't be doing county football, but there just wasn't the time for it. And they were afraid that I'd get hurt. That was another thing. So I stopped playing county football in 67, would you believe? And uh, Dad died then in February 68. And uh, ironically... 
I was picked on the Sligo Little Soccer team to play against the Dublin AUL and it was in the Evening Press, my official name, because I always used the name John Rooney when I played football. And I'd say only for the fact my father had died on that particular night it appeared. I would have been, for the high jump, I would have been suspended. But Donegal were stuck that day, they were playing Sligo. There's a few of the boys were quite wild young men, and they didn't turn up. So Hugh Daly again phoned, had you a pair of boots? Well, I said I had a pair of boots and up, and I never looked back because my father just died, and my mother being from Carrickmore and with a strong GA background, she never even queried for, about me going back to the football. She probably didn't even realise it was gone. <laughs> Brent, you, you mentioned your, your father's passing in, in 68. 69, with the outbreak, the troubles had a, a seriously a detrimental effect on tourism and trade here in Bundoran. Can you talk to me a wee bit about that? Well, if you would take a look at the graph there from 65 through to 69, coming into 70, the graph was an upward spiral. And then for five years in a row, right down to 75, it was a downward spiral and I remember that that in late 69-70 the hotel next door was for sale the Hamilton and I went into a Mr. Ormond who had bought it from the Hamilton family some years before and he was wanting to half load it and I asked him if he'd give me this dairy that was quite an extensive backyard to it and he used this old Mr. Hamilton used to keep cattle and stuff like that there but he sell me that because I wanted to the function business was doing well for me Kieran and and, and uh, I needed extra space and he says I'll not sell you that bit of ground but I'll sell you the hotel says, I have no money he says that's your problem so being a young buck at the time I went to the EIB my own bank and then I went to Bank of Ireland I was supposed to be a good lender but I suppose the age, my age and the times that were in it didn't help me so I remember going down to Dublin and I was searching around and I arrived at the Hair Purchase Company of Ireland. Money was 8% at the time and Hair Purchase Company of Ireland were selling it at 125 But I had to buy this hotel one way or another in spite of the fact the troubles at North had started and uh, I was very lucky. I remember terribly well. It was the day Porrick McShea got married in 1970. We took over the hotel and we played Derry in the National League quarter-final the following day, we didn't give a great performance on that day, although I knew myself that I had played well, but uh, I was getting ready for a Railway Cup match that following week, so I was in fairly decent shape, and of course I wasn't drinking. And uh, what happened? The banks went on strike for six months, Kieran, and that was a great relief because the hair purchase company of Ireland was open. So all the cash I could get, I would go down to Lahey and I'd meet the late Joe Brennan, and he would take it up to Baker Street and he would lodge it. A great gentleman he was and a great friend of the family's. And by the time the summer came, I had the debt paid off. And by the time the banks came back in November, they were in turmoil because everything was, there was no computers that time. Oh, it's all manual. So it was into the spring and the summer of the following year before they got tidied up. So at that stage, I had a good chunk of the debt paid off one way or another and I was very lucky that a bank manager arrived called Paddy Ruan who only lasted a very short space of time he's the youngest ever bank manager that came and ironically again later on when the poor man died 
His eldest son, who's now in the bank in Ballyboffey, married my eldest daughter. But Paddy Rovan got the money for me, so I didn't have to go back to Charlie Grayson and the Hair Purchase Company of Ireland. But there was a tale behind that later on, which I'll come to. <laughs> Can you give me a bit of an insight into what business was like and what a, a typical day in the life of the hotel and yourself was like back then, Brian? It was very difficult, uh, Kieran, to sell bedrooms. There is no doubt about that at the time. That people didn't want to come. We had lo- lost all the unionist business in Northern Ireland because Bundorn was looking as a nationalist Republican town and they just disappeared. So we we had a very good singing pub. I would bang away at a piano, by the way, for music, and we would have had a very good singing pub. We sold the rooms as best we could. The winter was long, but... It was a difficult time to make repayments, and I remember the summer of 74, because we had a draw and a replay went down, uh, going to Paddy Ruan in the bank and saying, Paddy, look at it, I says, I want to do a bit of work in the hotel, so all I'm going to pay you this is interest. And he says, I'm very glad to get the interest. Bank managers were bank managers at the time, and that's how tight it was. But the following year, we had three national conferences in Bundorn, and it gave Bundorn a great lift in 75. And I came across a, a coach tour that were prepared to come from England. And that gave us a great boost. So from 75 on, we, we started to pick up the business again. And were you actively looking for business as well yourself, Brian? You were constantly out. Board Fortune would pay you to go over to England. And many of the time I went over with Sean and we start. On a Sunday night, we go to Glasgow and we work our way down through Manchester into Bristol and down to, down to the south of England and back. We'd finish up in London and come home. But you couldn't give away the northwest. They just weren't interested. But sure, my wife's a Cork woman. You couldn't get uh, her brothers to travel up here on holidays. They were afraid that this fear. But then, of course, it wasn't easy, Kieran, because you would have had a situation there on the height of the summer you could get a bomb scare and whatever few guests you had would leave and they didn't get paid for anything they just took off in cars and there was nothing you could see or do about it so we, we ran it as best we could we filled the best beds as best we could but we depended very much on a bar business and we would have kept things very tight you know it just it, that's the way it was and into the 80s obviously it wasn't a great time for the economy either Brian well we 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 in, 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 in the mid-70s, there's money available for Board Fortune to make rooms at Bath. And the Hamilton Hotel that we'd bought back in seventy was a fairly ramshackle building. You know, there were some reasonable rooms and there were some very poor rooms. So I put a proposition up to Board Fortune for 40 rooms at Bath. And I built those rooms. And in conjunction, I built this function room that I wanted to do originally with the Hamilton five years before it. And I had it well on the way, and I met Paddy Cole, who was staying with me. I went to college with his wife, and he went down and had a look at the structure, and he says, you know what you'll do, Brian, put a bar into that, and contact Tony Lockman, and do a bit of dancing. And I got into that, and I didn't know one dance band from another, from another, and it helped me, give me great cash flow. It was hard to sell the rooms at Bath, because the people wouldn't pay that bit extra, but at least enhanced the, the value of the hotel, and it started to grow a little. And the the, the dance hall day, I suppose, the dance hall days of what we're used to at that stage, the big bands, the Hollywood was a good venue for, for those it bands? It was a great venue, venue. We opened up at Big Tom the first night, followed by this relation to my own Philomena Begley. And on the Sunday night, we had Brendan Grace and the Brannigans. Big names? Ger- Geraldine Brannigan later would have married Phil Coulter. And they were a good group. And... Uh, 
I had a good summer that year and we st- established a quite a good Sunday night dance and a big Wednesday night dance. I played all the big bands on the Wednesday night as well and that done well. And it gave us cash flow and with the cash flow we had, we reinvested in the hotel and developed the hotel. And the business was beginning to grow a bit again, which was a big help as well. Because no matter how well the ballroom were done, the one thing I always liked at the end of the month was to see that the apartments, which are the bedrooms, were growing. Because I knew that in the heat of the hunt, that's where the hotel would profit most of all. So uh, I take it that your hotel is part of a group now, Brian, and, uh, and there are a number of hotels in that. What's your involvement in that and how many hotels are involved in that? Well, if I told you about all the things, there's no more than the Hamilton. I bought the Hamilton when I had no money and I bought the Hamilton because I needed to build a conference room. The next hotel involved was the Great Northern and it was during the bank strike again of 76, Mick Burke, my wife's brother-in-law, ex-corp footballer, would come up for the couple of months that they were on strike and we had just opened the, the ballroom and he would have managed things very well for us. And the week before Christmas that year, Sean came across the road and he says, Mick Burke, myself, think you should come in with us and we'll buy the Great Northern Hotel. It was the Great Southern at the time. So well, I didn't beat him across the road because I was up to my ass really in debt <laughs> at the time. So I said, go away. Anyway, after much persuasion, I said I'd go in. And I remember Sean had been up with a civil servant in, in, in uh, CIE. And he was a man called Grace. And uh, Sean was never very fond of civil servants. So himself and the civil servant cross-sourced was bid made of 111,000. So they didn't agree. So I was dispatched then up, and Joe Brennan and Fina Fall were out of office. They came up, and Joe was banging off a Mercedes, and we arrived up, and as we going into the meeting, I said to Joe, I said, I have an awful feeling we're going to get this hotel. He said, what? I said, Joe, really, I deep down, I really don't want this hotel. <laughs> so then we put a bit of 125 on it, and the man Grace said to me, you have no chance. Well, I said, I've been losing no sleep over that now. He says, why is that? I says, not really that interested in it. He says, I'll be in touch with you to tell you anyway the final result. About a week later, he phoned to say the hotel was ours. Now, you might think it was uh, uh, cheap, but they didn't leave a teaspoon in the place. They didn't leave a pillow. They didn't leave a sheet. They left eight double beds. The rest were all single beds. There was nothing in the hotel. How many rooms in the hotel that stage, Brian? There was about 120 rooms of a kind, maybe 122. And and Grace uh, and I hit it off because I asked him where was he from and he said he was from me. He says, I anything to the me, the corner back. He says, my brother. And him and I, we got on like a house on fire. And then there was a field adjoining uh, the golf course, which was part of the overall deal. And uh, I said, is there any chance you put that field in? And with a stroke of a felt pen, he put in the field. And I got to sell that field for £24,500. And with that money, I bought all the sheets and blankets and cups and saucers that took to open. And I got the hotel up and running with the help of a young lad locally that was working in the Gresham as an assistant manager, Brian McNulty. And uh, we had the hotel up and running when Burke quit the bank and came up to live here. Michael Burke and played football here with us for the three years that he was up. And it, it was it was good at the time, but I didn't overly involve myself now in it, Kieran. So getting the field brain, just going back to that, that was a, a major stroke and a, a bit of a game changer and how the, you were able to sort of get the business up and running so quickly. Oh, yeah, but, you know, I suppose it was the experience, like someone... 
when we were looking for the money. Uh, again, we went to the AIB, no chance. We went to Bank of Ireland, no chance. Went down to Charlie Grayson from the higher ports company as well, and he, but he well but paid us out because he got no satisfaction because we paid off the loan much in advance. And there we'll take a break. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the public sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. You're welcome back. Before the break, Brian was recalling what was going on behind the scenes when he decided to purchase the Great Northern Hotel. My sister Mary at that stage had been working with the First National Building Society. She had previously taught. And her friend was going to have a guy from ICC Bank. And with these jigs in the rail, she passed on the word to us that, that, that the ICC were going to branch into hotels. They'd never done hotels before. So I went up and met them. And one of them I had been boarding school with, the late Tom Dawson. And he says, you better put some figures down for me. So I didn't know goddamn what I was going to pull figures out of. So with the help of Eamon McCarroll, the accountant who was boarding school with me in Monaghan, and taking a look at the Hollywood figures, we put together, and we were only about 5,000 out of the proposal that we put up to them. And ICC gave us the money, and the great advantage of the ICC, money was that bit cheaper, and it was a longer term of a loan, which was a great help to us. It gave us a bit of breathing space. So we had a good summer, and the, op- the summer we opened 77, not quite as good in 78, and we had a disaster winter of 79, spring of 80. And at that stage, Michael Bourke and his wife were missing Cork, and they decided they were going to go back to Cork. So Michael Bourke was bought out in 81, and then over lunch in 82, sitting in the Hollywood Diamond, Sean, came to, Sean met me for lunch, and he says, Brian, he says, the way the hotel has been run, he says, some of us have to run it. He says, and I'm here, I'll buy it. I says, and I'll sell it. Because I just didn't didn't want it. So Sean said, I'll pay half after the summer, half the following summer. So they either pay me now or don't pay me. <laughs> he says, well, he says, I'm going up to talk to my wife, Eilish. I get back to her and he says, I'm going to sell it to you. So I had to rustle around and see whatever I could get. And I bought it. Was it much haggling done? Not a lot, no. But Sean, it was cut and dried. Black was black and white was white. And I went up and I told my good wife, Cotty, and she cried. She said, I don't believe what you've done. I really don't. She said, we'll never have a day's peace. But anyway, we got stuck into it and, you know, it took off. Uh, at that stage, I had been on my way to Dublin and I stopped off in Navan. And there was a young assistant manager doing stock and he was having a row with this chef. And it was early in the morning, myself and Cotty were on our way to the city of Dublin, and, and uh, who was it but Philip Midlin? He says, is any chance you'd come down? I'm looking for an assistant manager. He says, I'll be down tomorrow. I says, not tomorrow, the day after I'll be back from Dublin. So we arrived down and we gave him the job of an assistant manager. What year was that, Brian? 60, uh, 81. The 80s, come up to, to, to the 90s obviously, and 1992 is an extremely significant year in, in your own life. Again, I suppose I'm, I'm very curious to know how challenging it was, because the football was getting extremely serious, and hotel uh, was getting busy, and your hotels were busier. Well, I tell you what happened. Philip Lynn then met my sister Mary, who wasn't married, 
in our thirties, and he was younger, and uh, they made a match, and they didn't wait around long. They got married, and that was a great match because Mary had worked in the hotel school in Dublin. She would worked in Hollywood, and between them, made a great job of the Great Northern. So that was the weight of my shoulders, no doubt about that. And we had a great friendship outside of the business relationship. And that was marvellous. On top of that, Kieran, my family was beginning to grow in age. And my daughter Catherine would have gone to the hotel school in Dublin. And my eldest daughter, she was doing household management. Catherine was doing hotel management. And the year after that, Shawnee went up and done hotel management as well. So they were getting of an age where they were becoming very, very useful and keep parts of the hotel. On top of that, the Hollywood Hall has built a lot of good staff over the years, and I had some great staff in the Hollywood. Massive staff. And that was a very, very big help. Like I just couldn't have done that on my own without the key personnel that we had. And uh, they all were into football, and they all knew how much I was into football. And uh, when I would be away, they'd all put their shoulder to the wheel. But when the match was over, Kieran, that evening, I was home didn't make any difference what was on and if there was a dance as there always was senior dance in the ballroom I would be there till 2 o'clock in the morning and up again in the morning I was a horse I could do it Right you talked about going away and you talked about coming back I suppose I had the privilege to be here in 1982 when you arrived back with the Donegal team and the Sam Maguire and your mother on the steps of the hotel that run at the minute can you talk to me about that moment? Oh Look at Kieran. It, it was a, a moment to be cherished because she she had gone on in age, but she was as strong as an oxycarric more woman. What would you expect? She made it a rock, and uh, she had supported me as she would have the other three boys. And uh, she loved her boys. She had a special part for the girl, all right, but the boys were very special to her. And just to see her and what she had done for me over the years, just. It was as much for her as anything else, you know, and I just couldn't wait to see her on the steps of the Holyrood. It was a marvellous time, you know, when my uncle the priest had travelled down from the north and then my uncle Johnny from Carrickmore, he played with Carrickmore and Tyrone back in the fifth, early 50s, late 40s. They all came up. It was just a, it was a huge occasion in that respect. People wouldn't have realised but all was taking place behind the scenes. Like, I lived next door to the St. Louis Convent, and the Louis nuns were inside in the lobby of the hotel when I arrived in, you know. And Bernard Brady, a former Donegal full-back, man, was after having a quadruple bypass, and here was he standing in the lobby. My God, it was just, but particularly my mother, it was very, very special, because my wife, believe it or not, Kieran, didn't go to the match Catherine had a very big wedding in the Southern Hotel and she came up with my wife and the two small girls they were only very young at the time and they prayed on the way up and every so often they switch on the radio and switch it off and they stopped in the, in the cathedral in, in Mullingar and uh, when they came out they switched on and we had won the match so she drove out and she came to this pub about two or three miles outside it Mullingar and she went into it and there was a Kerry man minding the bar for a son who was gone to the match and she said have you no television she says there's television upstairs I can, she says I can hear it can I go up and watch the presentation she says I can't let you up there there's my son's private quarters she says I'm Brian McNiff's wife and I'd be so unlike her if you knew her she's so shy but eventually between the jigs and reels she got up there to see the presentation so she came on that night to Malahide with the two young girls the rest had gone up on, on, on the night before Philip Midland 
who'd done a massive job for the county board that year and all the arrangements that took place. It was a massive nightmare. I remember going out to the lobby of the hotel to meet John Kerry O'Donnell and his daughter that night and when I came back again I didn't realise that those two ballrooms one on top of the other and I was in this other ballroom for about 20 minutes and I says good God he says where are all the people that <laughs> were here but it was then I realised those two dances going on at the same time but it was it was a great occasion for Donegal and for the people And but little I know what was going to follow afterwards mm. I thought about winning a cup and that was it because that's the way I lived my life Came on Sunday, win the match, lose the match, come home, work. All of a sudden, I... How much did your life change after that, Brian? I would say it changed a good bit. I wouldn't have noticed. I tried to keep my feet on the ground because the following week we went on tour and then I took sick when we got to Letterkenny. I, I really wanted to go to any show and I was too sick to go to any show. And at this stage I had no transport. I was on a bus. So I met Paddy Gallagher from St. Junas. So I said, Paddy, will you drive me to Jackson's? And I phoned Philip Midlin, and Philip picked me up in Jackson's. I came home, and my, I was that sick. My wife locked me into the room and locked the wardrobe. And she gave me all the papers that I told the boys to read, and all the letters. So I was content there for the Thursday and the Friday. But Rambo was getting married on the Saturday. So I phoned Parik McShade to bring out some clothes. <laughs> and he came out with some clothes. And I got in Parik's car and I went down to Rambo's, the tail end of his wedding. But I was so sick I had to come home. But I was glad that I was fit to make it there. The following week then we went to Cork. And the big farmer thing was on down, down just close to me, eldest brother-in-law. And he had a pair of Wellingtons myself and my wife went round there and I remember going to the Greyhounds because they, they would like the Greyhounds down there and meeting Jimmy Barry Murphy down there and then came back and I went off then for a week to Mallorca with a Cavan football team club side and when I came back the National League was opening up we were playing Kildare so it my wife would say that I changed I got carried away and now I didn't think I was carried away but I'd done my best not to be carried away I thought but somehow it took me away can you believe it was 30 years ago Brian? I can I can I'm wild for things like that there it just I can't believe it's 30 years ago how has your business life changed over those 30 years? I probably become more confident in myself Karen in the fact that that that, that I got more confident in myself, I got away myself. Uh, did you lack confidence before that? Then is that what you tell me? I wouldn't have lacked conf- confidence, but I, I got greater confidence in myself. I would fear very little, and I would have no inhibitions about taking things on. And they, like even since that, just before we 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 won the All Ireland, I had bought the Southern Hotel in Sligo, the Old Great Southern, and uh, it was a rundown hotel, not doing well, and I had managed to bring that up and about but when I quit the football in, in 1994 uh, there came two hotels, one in Ross's Pite in Westport and I faced up to it and I got involved and I had no fear of it, no more than I had when I went to Dublin to the Skyline. I you must have great energy to take all that challenge on Brian. There's times, sometimes when I would reflect back on, on my life out of care and I would say to myself, how did I do it? Like it's even the time we won the All-Ireland, I had my work fairly well up to date I had my VAT returns done and PYE, PRSI. But uh, 
I wouldn't be a great sleeper. My mind would always be going. And uh, I'd be up in the morning and I'd get my work done. And I wouldn't put off to tomorrow of what I had to do today. And I suppose that was a big, big help to me, really. I enjoyed my work, too. And I was built to work. We're two years on from the, the outbreak of the pandemic, Brian, and thankfully we're the good side of it, and hopefully better days are ahead shortly. How did all that affect yourself in terms of your business and you personally? Well, the first summer that we went into it, we didn't get open to the last days of June, and we were closed again in September. And that was a difficult year. We survived fairly well. But last year we had a bumper season here in Bundorna particularly. Don't ask me about Bundorna or Bundorna has, because I could talk all day about that. But uh, we had a very good summer. But I would have to give credit to the government, I'm not wearing a political hat here, in the subsidies that were made available to the staff, so that we could retain our staff and keep ourselves afloat. And they were very, very good. They were, they were super, to be honest with you. And that was a very big, big help. You know, we'll, we'll suffer this year now because we won't have the same subsidies come the summertime. But we did get the good leg up of that period of time and that brought us through. But I didn't like it. There's no point. It was, it was terrible to see people going around with masks. masks and you would have had kiddies clubs, which are very much part of our hotels here, where you're very restricted in how you could run those kiddies clubs. You know, and we used to have great entertainment at night for the kids. They would come up and Maureen Fitzgerald would entertain them and she, she could... Uh, bring the best out of them and uh, you had to be very very careful in those respects What did you miss most during the last two years? Well I would have missed company you know because we kept the house very much to ourselves uh, Cotty would have a, a heart condition of a more serious nature than what I would have and uh, I was very afraid that she would get any and particularly the, the older strain of it you know and then I have Barry at home full time as well. So uh, you didn't have much company. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, well, not sometimes, regularly enough, the family would come and they stand outside the door and we could talk at length. But it wasn't it wasn't the way that you wanted to live your life, particularly in the latter stages of your life where you wanted to be very part, much part and parcel. And I missed the grandchildren. I had a great affiliation with a lot of the grandchildren. And uh, I just missed just to give them a hug. Stuff like that there is is just very simple things, but very much part and parcel of a big family, I suppose it is. Like we had seven daughters and three sons, so you can imagine what our house was like, you know. So just in relation to your own health, I know you had a bit of a setback there, Brian, recently, but the form's good again now. Well, I, I never thought that I would get a heart attack and I would have suffered from a thing called I hate his, I hate his hernia in the pit of my stomach. And the, the, the symptoms when you would get a bad attack of it would be like as though you were getting a heart attack. And for once I was taking an ambulance thinking that I had a heart attack, but it wasn't, so I was sent straight home. So I, on, on a particular Saturday, I went to the Mass on that Saturday morning. It was my brother Pat's first anniversary. And um, I sold lotto then for the club in the afternoon. I'm still chairman. And then that evening I uh, went to my daughter-in-law's father's anniversary, who was a very good friend of mine. And for a couple of days before, I thought it was just a hiatus here and he was giving me the jib. But that evening, I went right up into my chest. So I knew Raymond Daly, my daughter-in-law's brother, was in the Great Northern. They'd come back from the, from the, 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 the Mass and they had a meal and they had some drinks. 
So I phoned him, he says, Brian, he says, I've, I've had a few drinks, but he says, I'll take a taxi down. So he took a taxi down, and uh, when he looked at me, he says, uh, I'm phoned for an ambulance. He says, I either had a heart attack or just about to have one. And uh, who arrived in the ambulance but Mick Millie from Bally Shannon, who's the nephew of my brother-in-law, Phillips. And they checked me out, and poor Cotty was outside crying and in a pair of pyjamas. So I went down in the ambulance to Alton Galvin in an hour and five minutes. Think about that. And there was a man they brought in from Leitrim that was giving me morphine. And he says, on a scale of one to ten, where are you? I says, nine. Where are you now? I'm seven. <laughs> Five. Three. By the time I got there, was hay as a kite. And when I arrived in Alton Galvin, there was doctors there, wheeled in, and within five minutes I was on a table and I was stented. And I came back to Sligo the following day. Now, I couldn't get into Letterkenny because, because of the divide of the counties. I would like to have gone to Letterkenny, but I was happy enough in Sligo because I have two daughters in Sligo, but I, I also have Terry McAniff in the Mount Erigan there as well. But uh, it was scary at the time, I'd have to say, and mentally now for a couple of weeks, it definitely affected me. I said to myself, how in God's name could I get this or what happened or how? But what I would say is, and this is for everyone out there that would listen to this, it had been four years since I'd been to the cardiologist when I should have been two. Now, whether he was at fault or I was at fault, it doesn't matter. But I'd say, had I been up there two years ago, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been an issue. But thankfully, there was no damage done. Tell me, Brian, as you reflect on your life and times in the hotel industry, what's the, the best lesson you've learned in that time? Best lesson? That would be very, very difficult. Be prudent in your borrowings. Don't overborrow, don't overstretch yourself. That would be the the major one. And treat people well. I would have said when we were flying in Dublin in the Skyland Hotel, I used to say to my son in law and my daughter who were up there running at Tara and Shane McGaffock from Belfast, Don't overcharge the people. I says what goes around comes around. With the result that in the last couple of years We've been among the top two, three hotels in, as regards occupancy in the city of Dublin. If you had followed your childhood dream job, Brian, when you were running about the streets in Bundoran, what career path do you think you would have Well, you know, I to? thought about doing accountancy, because my mother taught us our sums, as we would say back then. But on reflection, I suppose at that time, Strawberry Hill was the only place you could do PE. I would like to do physical education. And then maybe later in life, I would like to have done journalism, sports journalism, that is. I wouldn't bother with politics or anything else. I would have liked that, going around games. You know, there's nothing I enjoy more than watching a game of football. I could be going into slag when I stop at the pitch at Grange. It could be an underage match. And I'd be looking to see who I could see who had good talent and stuff like that there. I just like football. I like, like, if, if, if we're talking here tonight and the Celtics playing and Rangers are playing. So I'd like to be watching those games tonight. And I, I just like good football. I don't overly support the English teams like you used to. I still like Liverpool the way they play and City the way they play. And I still have that deep down old raw for United that everyone has, has, you know, from the time of the Busby Babes. Brian, I had Adrian Sweeney on the programme there uh, before Christmas uh, from the low, uh, a plumber and a former player of your own, and I asked him uh, the person they admire most in business, and he said it was yourself and your ability to juggle business with football. So who is the person that you admire most in business? 
and business. Oh dear. I would admire my brother Sean. Sean was a great man, you know. Sean came home early from the cartons in Montan. My parents felt they needed him at home and he didn't get finished in his leaving. And that was always a bugbear with him. But uh, Sean had a great eye for business and for stuff like it's no more than buying the Great Northern at the time when we had no money. <laughs> that was Sean. <laughs> it didn't bother him none. And uh, he was a great businessman and he had a great way with him, Sean. I, you know him yourself, Kieran, over the years. Just he had a, he's a, an easy personality, you know, and he was a good guy. In the hotel business, of course, you could only admire P.V. Doyle in the way he built up the hotel business in Dublin. Like, he, he put Dublin hotels on the feet years ago. And there's a lot of good businessmen here in the country. There's no doubt about that there. You know, like, I mean, even say locally here, we'd have the Carty brothers here that are good business people here. And and uh, there's a lot, an awful lot of good people in, in, in Donegal here that have, you know, done an awful lot of work for the county Kieran and, and uh, it's very hard just when you ask me that question if you just give me time to think about it I'll go home now and I'll be saying to myself how did I forget so and so how did I forget and finally Brian what does the future hold for yourself and your business well the first thing I'd like given the scare I got I'd like to you know that my health would be good for whatever years I've left I would hate to be a burden of someone you know and uh, as regards to business, I have passed on the businesses at this stage, Kieran, to the various members of the family, and, and they're running the businesses now. As we speak now, I'm just here in the hotel, but like I don't have nothing to do with that. But sure, Shawnee now is, is well capable to run the businesses. Brian up there as Catherine, if you know, they're all they're brought up. They started washing dishes, Kieran. So they started at the bottom, none of them started at the top. They graduated into waiters or waitresses and then they got to reception. And any of them wanted to do it. And I couldn't believe that so many had done. Like, I mean, I say, Catherine went away and got the points for medicine and turned around. And I cried when she told me she was going to do hotel management. But now, she, some years later, she went back to college in Sligo and got the gold medal as the student of the year. And got her master's degree. and But she never used it. She's still back at the hotel business. And her one of her twin daughters... Went to the hotel school where we all went to Cahalbrew Street, graduated, and now she's gone back to do teaching in the college in Sligo, Clahariv as I call it. And uh, you never know. I sure I have two granddaughters now teaching in Dubai. I have two grandsons in Vancouver. I had a his grandson came back from Australia after five years, and he's out in Ross's Point. The different breed of people coming up next, but I have a great relationship with the grandchildren, which is marvelous. And it's great, you know, that recently we had birthdays. My wife's birthday was on the 11th. And Mary, my daughter, eldest daughter, was on the 31st of January. And my son, Barry, that lives at home with us, his was there on, on the, the 16th of Feb. You know, and always, they're always contradicted, whether it's by the nieces and nephews or mothers and fathers. And that's a, a, a lovely thing to have. You know, I think it comes in big, big families too. That's what made my mother and father and her four boys and the girl very very close all the years you know and that's why I would miss Sean greatly as I did my brother Pat the dentist Pat and I were of an age you know and he he, he never once when we were in college in Dublin ever said a crossword to me he was just a, an easy going chap we used to play music together he'd sing and I'd play and uh, had a good life that's most of all Kieran and had good health by and large and, and uh, as long as I have good health for the time I've left and my wife has good health 
I'd be very happy whatever period of time I've left. Brian McMuff, thanks for taking the time this evening to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. I'm sure I love, I love my county and I love my club as well. Cheers, Brian. Thank you. That's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Brian McAniff. Thanks to Kenneth Watson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information.